Welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employed. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver entertaining, educational, and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. Y'all, we gotta be paying these bills, so let's hear a word from our sponsor. Divine Timing is an encouragement and edification company specializing in beautifully designed digital journals and planners to get and keep your life uplifted and in order. Go to fearforme.com to check out the online store, and for all of our WMB listeners, you can use the code WMB22 at checkout to save 22% on everything on the site. So go shopping and get your life. So y'all know we have a quote of every episode and this quote is one of my faves. It is reading is a way for me to expand my mind, open my eyes and fill up my heart. And that is by the one and the only Oprah Winfrey. So is this what I've been doing all the time? My notes has been stuck in a book because I thought I was just reading for fun. Let me find out that I've been doing a whole like intellectual psychological kind of situation and it I've been real smart about what I've been doing but yes as you can probably gather I really enjoyed this quote I am a self-professed bibliophile we'll get into more of that later and yeah this is me I love that and yes this is you it is <laughs> and I love this quote one because I really do believe reading opens up your eyes and like not even just like self-development or um fiction like any type of book you read you're gonna learn something and I really love that aspect of reading and so today's either or is gonna play off our um quote of our episode which is would you rather attend Oprah's favorite things or attend Ellen's favorite things show I mean honestly I'm gonna say Oprah's because I'm more familiar with Oprah's but truth be told I don't know nothing about neither one of these I mean I know back in the day Oprah used to like give her audience everything in the world but I was talking to my mom recently and she said Oprah for her favorite thing show gave all the audience one thing, but then there was a drawing for one person to get all the things. So Oprah ain't even spending money like that anymore. Recession, you know, inflation. Oprah like, I ain't gonna stay this billionaire if I keep giving all y'all stuff, so. Oh, well, that makes me mad because she will, because she can write that off on some taxes. Come on now, Oprah, you got some, you got some high level accountants that know what they're doing and some CPAs. I would choose Oprah's favorite things in the past, not her recent shows, but in the past shows where everybody gets everything because she be giving away some good stuff 
stuff. I remember one episode when I was little, I was watching my grandfather. She gave the whole entire audience cars. And I was like, wait, so you just go to her show and you get a car? But my grandfather was telling me like, yeah, but the thing about that is she pays the price of it, but you got to pay those taxes. So make sure you got the money to pay those taxes. And I was like, oh, but it's still a free car. If you're paying most of the bulk of it, I can come up with some taxes. So depending on what kind of car it is and how much those taxes are. Yeah, because since that's what they don't tell you, them game shows you winning all them cars and they got all the bells and whistles, but you still got to pay the taxes. You still got to pay insurance. And if you broke or work in class, that is a big hindrance to the car. That's why a lot of people actually sell those cars, especially if it doesn't have in the stipulations that you can't sell those cars. Oh, that's a good idea. I would sell it. With that, how did you make someone smile this week? Evidently, I made little Alex smile this week. Uh, for all of y'all, I was telling Nakai offline that Alex came to me randomly and was like, mommy, you're the best mommy. Now y'all know any of my fellow parents just hearing that makes you smile and everything else. But being the mama that I am, I was like, oh, why? And why do you feel that way? And he was like, because you make me so happy. Um, I was like, come here, give me a hug. Like just hearing that your child thinks you're the best and that you make them happy or that their reflection of you is based on how you make them feel. That's really touching. And that lets me know that I'm not only doing a good job, but it's being reflected and internalized as me doing a good job. So I think I made him smile, which almost made me shed the tears. That warmed my heart so much. And I'm like, that is beautiful. Alex is just like the best little one ever. Sorry, other friends. Um, (laughs) But he is. I love that. I'm going to say he made me smile this morning. (laughs) I made someone else's smile. Someone else smile by they shared some really, really good news with me. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I did a whole entire like, I kind of blew up their WhatsApp chat or WhatsApp chatter like celebrations of like congratulations you did it oh my gosh twerk 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 you did it girl and she called me she was like why am I laughing at work because I, every time I open up my uh, phone there's another new message from you celebrating this and so we started talking about like how it's so important to celebrating the little wins and I was like girl this is a little win but it's a huge win like you asked for something you prayed on it and it manifested within a day I was like that's that's big to me but yeah yeah. I think we fail to realize that even when you think about puzzle pieces, those big 2000 piece puzzle pieces are all made up of tiny little puzzle pieces. So the grander your dream, the grander the accomplishment, it's made up of all these tiny, small little pieces that gave you that big old picture. So maybe that's something for our listeners to dwell on when they are trying to disregard their small accomplishments and everything else. That was beautifully said. And I love that visual because that is so true. Like you have to all put the pieces together to see the big picture, but you can't have one piece of the puzzle missing, missing because then it won't be a complete puzzle. Get your brain. Guys, 
So this week is all for us bibliophiles. I know I brought that word back. And for those of you who don't know, that is someone who has a great love of books. We are talking about my favorite topic, which is books and readings, but also my favorite genre of literature, period. And that is based on my favorite group of people. You can fight me. I might run, whatever. But we're talking about Black romance literature. Yay, 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 yay. And I'm so excited to nerd out with one of my favorite people in the world, Nakai. So if you're ready, girly, to get into it, let's get into it. I'm ready. Spaghetti. I'm ready. Spaghetti. Do you remember that from SpongeBob? I think it was SpongeBob. No, I wasn't a big SpongeBob person. I know, I know, I know. It's okay. But girly, what was your first intro to romance? Let me let me know, because I think this is one of the few topics we haven't talked about hours on end. So how what was it? My first intro to romance was, of course, Christian because of my upbringing. And it was by a um, author named Stephanie Perry Moore. And she had this series called the Peyton, uh, Peyton Stye series. Girl, it was so amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, Peyton is me. I love this author. So she like, even to this day, Stephanie Perry Moore, you are like my favorite author. If I ever get to meet you, I'm going to geek out respectfully. But <laughs> yeah, so um, are you familiar with the series? Girl, that series had me in a chokehold. I think... I think I found it at my neighborhood library. And for those of y'all who probably haven't already gathered this, Little Nate used to be the one at the library, all four foot of me, because I'm 5'2 now. I was, of course, tiny, but with a stack of like 20, 25 books every week, checking them out and bringing them back and getting more, 25 books every week. So of course, I found this series. I dove into it, reading it, because this was like Nakai, big Christian upbringing. So this was the way I got to see that there were other girls like me who were young, but I think the Peyton was a little bit older, but anyway, who were thinking about sex, who were being exposed to sex, who were being exposed to drugs and the quote unquote wrong crowd. So it just let me see, hey, there's nothing wrong with you for having these thoughts, having these, you know, interests, having these questioning period. It's okay. And for it to be a Black author, because let, let's be real, there is something unique and something beautiful and something precious about when Black people write to to Black people. That's not to say that impactful books written by white people to ethnic or Black audience can't be impactful. I'm not going to say that because I've read some white authors and, you know, they got me. But it's something about us writing for us and to us because the culture seeps in. Like, white people don't know the vernacular like we know it. And Blackness is not no monolith, but there are certain cultural like pinpoints and items that are universal it seems to the black experience and even if it's a certain thing I remember one tv show was saying or in one book an author was saying the fact that the mom tied up the baby girl's hair every night like that's some that is a truly unique black experience that a white person might gloss over but for black people that paints the picture and lets you further become enmeshed and become in that story because of those little touch points that you can relate to. I know I went on a slightly tangent, but yes, girl, I am familiar with the Peyton Sky series. So I love everything you just said. And I had two visuals of what you were talking about. Like the one I could see like baby Nate 
leaving, looking like Matilda with all these books, with a little wagon. And then the other one is, you made such a great point, talking about how like if a Black author, they have the vernacular to speak to us. And I uh, don't remember if I shared this with you maybe, but Denzel Washington had a, a TikTok or something to go up, or I watched one of his TikTok, just small shorts, um, talking about how it's a difference when you're making a Black movie and you have a Black director because there's the nuances that you don't know. Like you, the smell of the hot comb hitting your hair. That's something that you would only know in a Black household. You know hot comb hitting white hair is gonna, it's not the same, you know, if we being real. <laughs> um, but one thing I love about what you said is like with the Peyton, Peyton Sky series, it spoke to me one because it was really like her finding herself, but she was like this high school girl cheerleader dating like the um, football player, like the, you know, it's like some some of it was cliche, but she had to like really battle of like, okay, alcohol, drugs, being at, in situations that she didn't want to be in. And it's like, when I'm reading this, I'm like, man, this is some of the stuff I'm going through in high school. I don't want to be here, but all my friends are here, you know? So um, I, that was my first introduction. Yeah. And let's be honest, like I can only speak for myself, but some of those were situations that weren't exactly good that she actually wanted to be in. And I could relate to that thinking that, okay, you can make bad decisions, but one, that doesn't negate your value as a person. And two, that doesn't negate your value as a Christian. Like as Christians, sometimes we put Christian children on pedestals. Like you're never supposed to make mistakes. You're never even supposed to want to do the quote unquote secular things or ungodly things. And that is unfair. So to have a book and a story that yes, she wants to maintain her Christianity, but sometimes she just want to be an earthly like teenage girl. And there are natural consequences for that. But that's something that we do. Like you shouldn't be penalized for that. Yeah. But in addition to the Peyton Sky series book, Makai, I don't know if you read this book. If you did read this book, then we were fraternal twins in another life. There was a book called Romeo and Julio. <laughs> I read this book probably more than once and I typically never read books more than once but it was about these two teenagers once again this was when I was in high school these two teenagers and it was a take on Romeo and Juliet only it was a black girl and a Hispanic boy and they were from rival parts of town or rival gangs yes it was the best book ever and for some reason like she had a friend and every time the clock struck like double digits it was a time for you to make a wish and if you got all of the all the um the same digits like if you made a wish on 111 222 333 444 all the way to 555 like your big wish is supposed to come true. Great, great book. I recommend it to this day because as you can tell, it led such an impression on me. But have did you have any books like that that you can still remember today that left such an impression on Little Nakai? I'm low-key gonna read this book because the way you are lighting up, I'm like, man, what book is this? And so unfortunately, <laughs> I did not read this, but it's okay. We're still, we're still twins in our life. My, I would say the book that really lasted or too. Probably, probably I shouldn't have been reading these at that age, but anyway, Fly Girl. And did you ever read Fly Girl? I think I do, but I don't remember it. Like I said, it's rare for me to read a book more than once. And then the coldest winter ever, ever, ever. 
those were just really good books to me. Um, again, like I said, I probably read them sooner than I probably should have had it. I just remember we were in, was it seventh grade, eighth grade, where the book was going around, but we were hiding the book because the teachers were taking the book up because they were like, this isn't something that you guys should be reading. Yeah. And so like, if you got caught with the book, yeah, which is so stupid, right? Like if we, you should like really be happy that the students are reading, but you don't want us reading stuff that you don't want us reading. So yeah, that's a whole nother conversation, but I'm looking at your face. Because I have ideas and I have thoughts. So was this a book that was in your school library? Because Dakota's Winter Ever was definitely in mine. And I was like, why is this book here? Girl, small, small city. I don't think they knew what they was buying when they stopped the library. So I I don't think they read the back cover or the synopsis of that book. But I remember that book was actually in our high school library. No, it wasn't in our library at all. (laughs) Neither one of those. It was somebody brought the book and it was like, oh, did you read this book? Did you read this book? Did you read this book? And so that's where we start talking about the book. And then of course, in the book, it's a lot about like sex and stuff like that. And it's like, "Mm, I don't think these students should be reading this book. So I'm guessing one of the teachers found the book and actually read the um, synopsis or, you know, what they, the little part on the back. And they were like, yeah, nah, take these books up. Adults always went foreign and stuff. I say that as an adult. But speaking of the relationships, the sex and everything else, for me, once again, can only speak for nay. But romance has kind of through my upbringing as I thought about this topic, been a blueprint for my romantic relationships, if you can think about it like this. Because I'm gonna be all the way real, no shade, no tea, no judgment to any of the adults in my life that's growing up. But I never really saw the adults in my life date. I've never really, my parents, they were married. That's not to say marriage makes you not date anymore. But I've never seen two grown up adults of the opposite sex get dressed up, go on dates and do all of that stuff. So for me, romance kind of opened my eyes to what that looks like. I never had that conversation with adults growing up on, okay, this is what you should expect in a date. This is what you should do in a date. This is what the guy, because I am a heterosexual woman, this is how the guy should act. This is what he should do. So a lot of those tapes and a lot of those blueprints I got from romance novel. Nakai, I see your face. Let me have it. No, I'm like thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, she is so right. Because like we, unfortunately growing up, depending on your household, we didn't see that. And so now I'm thinking of like some of the books I read and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want a guy that does this, this, and this. You know, I want a guy that does this and this. It's like we're building our guys based on these books. And I love that thought. And I also think about like, this may take a turn, but how sad is it that the books are teaching us what we want? <laughs> like, Stop it. Th- this ain't that episode, girl. This is not, this is for a therapist's couch. Like we can, you know, family be listening to this podcast. We cannot. That is not a conversation you want to open the door to. Stop it. <laughs> That's true. That's for a conversation with us having on the phone. Sorry, guys, you can be involved in that one. Um. <laughs> got, got too comfortable. Forgot these mics are hot. <laughs> right? I forgot they were on. Oh, we're about to go deep. All right, fam. Reeling it back in a little bit. But yeah, like these romance novels, novels also showed me like roles in relationships. 
such as, I say that with the deepest of the inhale, the slightly problematic, but also irresistible black male alpha. Talk about it. So he's slightly problematic because yes, he is the strong black man, but usually that strength comes from trauma. Like he was out in the streets (laughs) or he ain't had no daddy growing up or he got some mom guilt resentment going on. So it's not a truly pristine, like alpha, emotionally like killed man, but that strength is so attractive in these fictional characters like sometimes you meet somebody who's gonna tell you to shut up if you getting out of pocket is that problematic of course little nay and let's be honest sometimes growing up nay reading that in a book do i have to fan myself a little bit of course come come on i'm just laughing so hard because you are right like i always i when you said that i think about the jill scott quote if you can't tell me what to do you can't tell me what to do and so and i may have butchered that sorry if i did but like okay but i think about that because it's true like most of the books we read stemmed from trauma and it's like is there a book out there that doesn't stem from trauma like everybody comes from good households and keep going but I think also think like I guess there's some sense of trauma somewhere in everybody but yes and then I think of like the alpha man and the way they describe these alpha men girl sexy like can I see you in real life like I know everybody has their own imagination when we're um, reading a book so our own brains create our own images of what we think this person looks like I'm like can this person be real like if I create and design this person in my brain can you please manifest this person here like boop now listeners I know y'all will agree but with me if the guy found that slightly problematic alpha man in real life it would be one of them romance novels where the two characters hate each other until one day they get trapped in a in a conference or something and there's only one hotel room left and it's such tension that underneath it all it was actual sexual tension and then they have one night they grow and they be like I hate myself for even thinking about that but the thing the thing thing was so good that they keep hate having these interactions to the point that they somehow fall in love why she just write a whole entire book about me (laughs) because that would be your story because you would not be interested in that man who's gonna tell you to shut up or to tell you what to do how to do it and everything else right off the bat you talking a good game right now but if he was to come you would be like I'm an independent strong woman I have lived my life and was able to do all this stuff before you came to be how you think you gonna just pop in my life and tell me how to do like I haven't been doing it for 30 something years to the sis <laughs> it's funny because I my whole time when you were saying that I was just like mm, the disrespect is a no it's a no for me and just walk away but that's just the brain that we think about right when we think of like what is an alpha male versus what is someone who's confident in themselves and so I think like with the books that's one thing that's so attractive to them is that to me is because of that confidence that they have in themselves like even though they're sometimes the good bad person (laughs) but it's like that confidence that they elude that they have this certain walk that they walk so oh yeah girl I totally get it. But if I'm going to be honest, you know, my favorite book, like romance books, my love, hate relationship, favorite books as a blueprint for romantic relationships. They're actually the ones where there is no happily ever after. I know shock, gas, all, all the things, but let me plead my case. Let me plead my case. Because as much as 
this is all for entertainment. As much as we would love a happily ever after, in life, sometimes there are no happily ever afters. In life, sometimes you lose that relationship. That one big blow up, that one big argument, there is no coming back from. Like sometimes you do make choices that you can't come back from. There's no reversing. So I actually have a love-hate relationship with those books that have no happily ever afters. Yes, I throw them. Yes, I be cursing in my head. But I like those. Have you ever read one of those books? I'm going to say yes. I cannot remember which one, but I feel like I didn't like it because they have, it was no happy ending. I'm like, this is a book. I want the happy ending. Why don't I have a happy ending in my book? Like, that's the whole reason I'm reading. I want to like take my brain away from reality. But it's interesting that you're like, no, I want the realness. I want the reality. I want like, it may not, it may not work out and that's okay. We're going to figure still life out. Right. So I'm like, I probably did. And I was like, eh, because it wasn't a happy ending. Right. And speaking of <laughs> happy endings, <laughs> let's talk about these romance books being low stakes ways of finding your romantic sexual self. Because as we've kind of expressed, these books were kind of our gateway into the male female relationships and everything else. And there's nothing like having the description of beautiful Black people engaging in some not so beautiful <laughs> interactions if you get my drift like the low stakes intro to maybe kink and various power dynamics and getting surprisingly turned on and a little flushed and frustrated by these scenes. Uh, yeah, I I want to say Stephanie Perrymore has a book. I don't remember if it was Wearing My Halo Tilted or another book, but in that scene, I think it was Wearing My Halo Tilted. In one of the chapters, they're in a hotel room and she's very descriptive. And so she talks about the sex scene and I'm like reading this and I'm like, oh my gosh, should I be reading this? Oh my gosh. Again, you know, Christian background, whatever. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, thinking back, I'm like, was this soft porn I'm reading? Like, oh my gosh. But I think about what you said of like the introduction to it because it's like, oh, she's setting up a scene of what's about to happen. And I think in a previous episode, you even said, you know, women are ovens, men are microwaves. So like listening to that and thinking about the books that I've read, even like some of, if y'all know, y'all know some Zane books, you get a hold of them too early. <laughs> um, but even uh, in the books, they allow like the women to, the men to actually warm up the oven, the men to actually um, seduce the woman. And the woman is like, oh yeah, I love this. So I love that aspect. Um, it kind of takes your mind away, but I'm going back of like, is it soft porn? You just touched on the one and only Zane. Fifty Shades who? E.L. James what? Like Zane is our and all to be all. Like sisters of APS, or AFP, if you know, you know, like just the imagery that her and let's not get it twisted. We can throw in my guy, Eric Jerome Dickey in that too. Cause some of them scenes, it was no soft, nothing like they straight. It was almost like a how to, how to get your best life. <laughs> between them sheets. And like you said, reading that 
at probably the age that you shouldn't have been for inquisitive young ladies like us might not have been the best thing because if you are a of it, them books were accelerant like it was the the flame for the pilot light you know they were so descriptive and once again the thought of black a black woman as it pertains to Zane writing about this stuff with no hesitancy with no coyness just this is what I want this is how I'm going to go about it this is how I'm going to give it get it with strong female focused lead was empowering not just sexy but empowering to know that as a black woman it is my birthright to say what I want and not be ashamed of it or to say what I need and stand 10 toes down and for that to be applauded that was something that was monumental and I don't think I recognized the seed that was planted and also recognized the power that was in that until I got older so you made such a great point because that's what I was thinking I was like oh man thinking about reading those books at a younger age and then reflecting on it now is like I appreciate Zane because Zane allowed for black women to have sexual liberation through a book and it's it's so interesting because I feel at a time where we were teenagers and all we have all these hormones we're figuring everything out I don't know about you but I hit this book under my pillow because I was like I don't want nobody to see this book in my family um one because I was a teenager so they're gonna be like well, who gave you this book where'd you read this and that was one of the books that was circling around so, <laughs> but just to look back on there and think, read it from a different perspective of she's actually introducing you to a world that depending on your kink, if you know, you know, she's introducing you to a new world, but she's also allowing you to giving black women permission to be sexually liberated, to experience, to explore, to be able to see, oh, oh, I read about this. Should I try it? Should I not? You know, so I, for me, I appreciate, I have an appreciation now for Zane that I did not have when I was younger. Oh yeah, because it's a difference between reading about a dungeon, like a sex dungeon and what goes on there to showing up there totally. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if y'all can see the guy, she about to break her neck with this head shaking the affirmative, but to actually show up to one and have no idea what you are doing, like what is going on in front of you, that romance novels and erotica, because that's the genre that we are now discussing, that erotica can kind of prep you for. And I think it was such a good idea and such liberating and empowering to see that these are certain places that I think you only hear about white people frequent, frequently. Frequent. Y'all know what I'm trying to use. But <laughs> being at, and there is a whole world of Black people who are into kink who are into sex clubs, who are into dungeons, who are into all of these things. It's not just vanilla, like <laughs> no pun intended or pun intended, but you can get a little flavor in these different places if you know who, where to go, if you know the right people. So I thought that was extremely interesting, which segues into, have you ever thought about Black romance being a representation of of society at its current standpoint. Have you thought about Black romance, Black literature being a reflection of where society is? You want me to tell you where my mind is going with that? Yeah, because I'm like, I think my mind is going more psychological and deeper. So that's why I was like, I'm trying to keep it surface. You know my brain. 
Of course, that's where her brain went, people. Of course. But just thinking about how nowadays in the Black romance books that I'm reading, there's more multiracial and multi-ethnic couples with the males being the quote-unquote other. So there's a lot of Black female, white male, Black female, Latin male, which I find intriguing because it's not just a Black man with this new exotic flavor of ice cream, but it also might be because a lot of them are written by Black women. So we we center us. <laughs> we let us have all the fun. And also there's more diversity in mental health and cognitive abilities. I'm starting to see in some of my books that there are characters with high functioning autism. There are characters who do suffer from depression, who do su- suffer from substance abuse, who do suffer from anxiety, you know, and OCD. And also females in position of power, not only in their career, but also in relationships like you see more of those alpha female you see more of the boss ceo with the man who is the employee so that's what i was meaning thank you i i'm gonna say i think it's an appreciation of it because as an author in my mind you have to grow with the times and what's around you and so right now there there is a lot a lot of interracial relationships but also i love that power don't uh dynamic of the role switch the woman is the powerful woman and then you have the male who's like the employee and at work it's a certain relationship but at home it could be totally different you know um and then I think of when you incorporated the mental health part I appreciate that so much because it's normalizing it in so many different ways of like now we're reading about it now we're seeing about it it's on all social media but it shows that yes you can have a mental condition but still function as a sexual human being, right? Like you still have certain desires that you want to satisfy. So, And I think this is opening the door for more people to see a reflection of themselves and to like you were insinuating, normalize it, which I hate that word because having a mental illness means that does not mean that you're not normal. Let's be real. All of us deal with some kind of mental health, emotional health you know, issues, because that's just what it is. The health of your mental, the health of your emotional. So to see that there is a girl who might be hyper-focused or organized because it is covering up her anxiousness on things or covering up her feelings of lack of control. So she spirals and everything else. That kind of lets you see that in you, but also see that you can have those characteristics and still live a normal quote unquote, typical fulfilled lifestyle. And that just because you have those challenges, that doesn't mean love can't find you. Because in all of these different instances, they do find love. There is someone who's either like, I see you in me. Well, I see me in you. And that reaches out to me or somebody who says, in spite of all the things that other people or society might view you as lesser than or view you as undesirable for. I see that those flaws only make you a diamond. I see that those flaws just bring out the personality and the uniqueness and the individuality in you. And while I celebrate that for being a part of you, I can also help you if there are areas where you need more support. And I feel like 
society. That, especially for Black people, is necessary. When we come into a society where if we're not perfect, we're automatically discarded. Mm -hmm. To see these Black authors portray their characters in such beauty, such flawed, such real... portrayals that's something to be lauded and commended i agree and i love that you said um change that diction of normalize so i'm gonna switch it to awareness of like we need to i love it because now we're more we're more aware of everything that uh, every single person on this earth has been through some type of trauma and we defined trauma in a previous episode but um and it looks differently right but to make people aware that hey in this romantic relationship that we're reading about or that we're going through I've been through things that may come up you know but let's communicate about that now making you aware of it to then be able to move forward and one thing I do appreciate and love about books is that I mean the story's already written so anything you need to know about the author you're going to find out about, right? I wish that's how it was with humans that they came with manuals. But um, but I love that because it's like you get little pieces of this author, I mean, of this character. And already in your mind, you're already creating like, oh, this character's going to do this. Or I know the story. I'm going to figure it out. I don't know if y'all are like that, but that's how my brain works. So like, I'm going to figure out like the ending before I get to the ending. And then when I get to the ending, if it's totally different, I'm like, oh, dang, what did I miss? I know, Nay, you said you don't go back and read it. I'll go back and read read it to be try to put the uh, puzzle pieces together like what you said earlier to be like oh man I missed that oh man I missed that now I think that's the beauty in series for me I love reading a good series because you do get to get a glimpse of the previous book's characters like they pop in and out so it's almost like catching up with your best friends like or your distant cousins to see oh that's what they're up to now oh yeah they did end pregnant oh the kid is too I'm so cute oh they moved closer to be with y'all look at them I forgot all about that being your distant cousin twice removed who lived and married to them well yes let me come back so even though I don't reread books that yes because Brenda Jackson she got a series that's like 20 20 books in so it's nice to see oh we're about to get into that it's nice to see when characters from like book two show up in book 10 because you're like I completely forgot that was your cousin in Alaska or y'all are related huh and sometimes there's easter eggs and loose ends that get tied up that although these are standalone books you would never have known that this is actually a thread that was unraveled previous books ago but now her day ones we're able to see oh that's how that was solved when we left they were on the outs but now oh they got a three-year-old how they must have figured it out those are always my favorite books I never thought about that I guess with series first and foremost 20 books in a series that's a lot but kudos to Brenda because that's how your brain works and you are you figured it out of how to keep this story going but I think about like tying up loose ends or like having one character in one book and then pop up in the other it does give that little like oh okay but I also think it's like that uh what word am I looking for but when you were talking reminding me of sorry but the game of thrones of how like people come in come out they die you just never know what's gonna happen until it happens and so with series I can see that appreciation 
creation of it. Um, but tell me more about Brenda Jackson. I don't think she is an author I have read before. Oh, honey. So Miss Jackson, she is one of my favorites because like I said, she has series of books and one of her series are the Westmoreland series now for all of my people who know y'all know this series is interesting because I think on its own the Westmoreland series has 31 books Yes, so we've been with this family for a while, but because of the intermingling and the marriages and everything else, sometimes it ties in different series, like the Madeiras family series, which has 22 books, <laughs> or Bachelors in Demand. Like her pen game, oh my goodness, is so magnificent. You talk about people with beautiful brains. This woman has beautiful brains or multiple personalities. I don't know which one because to create so many storylines and sometimes with books, you get into the tropes and it becomes predictable. But even in the predictability, it's still delicious. It still has you coming back for more. I'm still signed up and automatically going to my bookshelf every time she drops a new one because her writing is so good. Just like Brenda Jenkins. I mean, Beverly Jenkins. She's another one that has really good series. She actually has a Christian kind of series. Yeah, it's really interesting. But she also does historical Black fiction books, which are nice. Because I think one of them has a girl who was a spy during the Civil War. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really good. And then she has one that was a slave. And honestly, her books opened my eyes to historical fiction being interesting and not just being about the time and extremely boring. I can go and on and on about some of my favorites. So I'm going to let you chime in, cut. Who are some of your favorites and some of your recommendations? Ooh, some of my favorites. I'm going to have to go with um I just feel like the Stephanie Perrymore as an author is just a great author just in my opinion my other favorite would be I just read this book and I thought it was really really good and so I'm going to put it as my favorite because it was such a good book and I'm um, going to read the second part too is Children of Blood and Bone it was so good and it just it talks about a lot of like magical things or like people with powers and people with I know people with like quote-unquote spirit spiritual gifts and things like that and that they can you know raise the dead and I think that stuff is really cool to me because I was like do we really use all of our brains side note about that but so so far that one and then let's see another recommendation or a favorite the other oh, I forgot who wrote this book I think it was by Terry Millen Macmillan that one I just love her see all her books all her books to me are great like she's a great author to me and I could literally read her books like you read uh Beverly and Brenda I could read Terry just like go 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 um but I am gonna uh, start reading this Beverly and Brenda I may not get through all the series that's why um but yeah and then the other recommendation I would say this is a book I if I I'm going to recommend it. But when I recommend it, I'm going to say, if you're paranoid like me or you believe in conspiracy theories, don't read this book. But if you're not, it's a really good book. To read. It's called When They See Us. 
And that book talks about how gentrification is happening in a neighborhood, but they're literally kidnapping the Black people and experimenting on them. I I just said, if you are paranoid or conspiracy theory theorist like me, don't read the book. <laughs> but if you just want to read the book just for entertainment, because it's very entertaining and funny because the main character they think is like she's all over the place and they're like, what's wrong with her? But all in all, those are my recommendations. So I think you touched on With Children of Blood and Bound. I checked that book out, but I think I wasn't gripped in the first couple pages, so I put it down. But speaking of paranormal and sci-fi and fantasy, I've gotten into those genres within the last year. They have some good books, not gonna lie. Edwina Ford, I love her paranormal books because she has a Christian kind of standpoint. Um, she also goes by the Hebrew griot, and so her books, if you super duper Christian and everything else, it will really have you guessing, are these fiction books or is she being downloaded from the most high? Because some of these things, I'm like, well, I need to get my life together because um, she might have the inside track and everything else because you know they said sometimes the Lord, people be prophetess and prophets and everything else and they will tell you about the end of the day, last day, that's a whole nother conversation. Anyway, read Edwina Ford. Also, Jade Royal or Jade Royale. I don't know how you pronounce the last name because you know Black folks, we sometimes get fancy. But she has this Roy, this fourth series. It is Black people who also shapeshift into witches and werewolves and just fantastic, fantastical things. Like, OMG, like we can be so much. And also Crystal Latrice, she has this Blackwater Bayou series, which takes place in like Louisiana, New Orleans type situation and just witches and warlocks and spirits and yes, yes, all of that. But if you're also not into the fantastical and the paranormal, check out Talia Hibbert. She is, I think, an up and coming author. I don't know how I found her, but her books are so quirky and it does deal with characters with mental health challenges. She's a British author. So you get some of her snark in her characters and she does some interracial and paranormal as well. So those would be my suggestions or you could just you know we like an interactive audience tell us what we need to be listening to and reading and everything else I'm always down for some new you know authors because that's my escape I agree with everything you said like audience please 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 let us know in the comments what do we need to be reading what are you reading right now and what are you what are your thoughts on whatever your favorite genre of books um I want to say I love the books with like the shape shifters and people all of like that to me is so freaking cool because I used to watch this show called True Blood and so <laughs> with that show um right with that show it was like oh my gosh this is so cool so when I read books like that I get so into them of like oh man you're like this shapeshifter but by night and then during the day you're like this quote-unquote regular person so all of that fascinates me okay it's not a black literary book I don't think but my brief 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 aside about True Blood that used to be my 
show until it did a total turn and became about nothing but sex. So much so, never forget. When I was living, still in Kentucky, my parents came up and I was watching True Blood. They knocked on the door and there was a sex scene on. That was the most awkward <laughs> moment because if you watch True Blood, you know those sex scenes were like porn. Like, let's be honest. And so having to try to brush off what I'm looking at, but also so quickly turn because you know what your parents if you make a big deal out of something they make a big deal out of it but it, it was the most awkward five to ten minutes ever like I swear I'm not watching porn this is a tv show they just got on this scene like I don't want to have this conversation with y'all we need to go out to you. <laughs> like let's just leave the premises I can imagine your face like uh, hi mom hi dad looking for the remote hair up and turning yeah y'all are gonna stay here um but I do agree true blood ended weird it became just like so as y'all know like reading is amazing and it like really 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 increases your confidence in yourself but it also increases your reading level too but it helps us with our self-love our self-worth and our self-belief because we through these characters we are learning so much about ourselves. We're learning about our blueprint. We're learning about adulting. And with that, a word from our sponsor. Hey, beautifuls. This message is brought to you by The Grass is Greener on the Other Side, where we help women who have anger, sadness, and shame from being cheated on learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence, restore their peace, and attract the life of their dreams. We can be found on IG at Brianna underscore Latrice. That's spelled B-R-I-A-I-N-A underscore L-A-T-R I-C-E. And for all of the Where's My Blueprint podcast listeners, we're offering free 15-minute discovery calls. So if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love, self-worth, and self-belief back in yourself, shoot me a DM for a free discovery call today. Because my motto is, honey, leave that cheater and find your peace. If you're interested in joining my new course, Rejection is Redirection, using your past as a reference, not a residence, you can email me at affairrecoverycoach at gmail.com or you can shoot me a dm at brianna underscore latrice see you on the call so now we come to a segment in our show which is called moments of melanation moments of melanation moments of melanation is where we highlight a black person doing their thing today for moments of melanation we are highlighting so it took everything in me not to bring her up during the episode, but we are highlighting Miss Kennedy Ryan. So Miss Ryan is a Rita and Audio Award winner, USA Today bestselling author who walks for women of all walks of life, empowering them and placing them firmly at the center of each story and in charge of their own destinies. Her heroes respect, cherish, and lose their minds for the women who capture their heart. Miss Kennedy and her writings have been featured in Chicken for the Soul, USA Today, Entertainment Weekly, Glamour, Cosmopolitan, Time, O Magazine, and many others. She is a wife to her lifetime lover and a mother to an extraordinary son, but she also does a lot in the communities for charities, for nonprofit organization, and for autism. And she even, I think, started, well, she's a founder and executive director of a foundation serving Atlanta family 
families living with autism and has appeared on numerous outlets to advocate for families having families living with autism. Listeners, I'm gonna let y'all in on a little inside scoop. So this author is totally down to earth. I may or may not have slid in her IGDMs a time or two about some books wondering when the next one in the series is coming out like what's the hold up and she always responds in a timely manner like she doesn't give you just short pat answers like it's really like your friend responding back to your IGDM she has a newsletter that she sends out to keep her readers up to date on what she's working on what's about to come out and also by the time this episode comes out her newest book before I let go should be already out and I probably have devoured it and loved it so Nakai are you familiar with Miss Kennedy Ryan I am not but I am loving her like she is active first and foremost and the fact y'all only nay will go in somebody DM and ask when is the next book because I need to know that is the only time I'm going I'm going in anybody's DMs Sis, when a book coming out, you left me on a cliffhanger. I am invested in these characters. I don't see in the newsletter, I don't see these titles. I don't see these characters. I don't see these names. I, I mean, I know the Panderosa happened. Yo, you got a child that needs additional needs. If it ain't coming out, I understand. But just let me know. Should should I go to somebody else or not? But I love that. And I love that she actually responds. Like, hey, this is what's going on, blah, 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 working on it. You know, so she lets you know. But also I love that she, like you said, I haven't read any of her um, work, but it seems like this lady is a powerhouse. And she, like you said, has been appeared in Chicken Soup for the Soul US, uh, USA Today and many others. And like for her to not only use her work or her gifts of writing, but also helping because she has a child with special needs, also creating this huge foundation, like kudos to you, lady. And side note, can I get your systems like how do you have time for all this what's your time management looking like but kudos to her and I may not read the newest book because I feel like everything is a series so I'm gonna have you Nay, tell me which book I should start with we're gonna start there gotcha gotcha I don't think this newest book is a part of a series so if you want to start there um brief synopsis of the tropes and themes involved it is a divorced couple who are in their 40s used to be high school sweetheart but now they are co-parenting because of what else trauma but they find themselves stranded I think in a hotel and rekindling and everything else she did like some of these other authors and put a snippet of the book in a compilation book of like books that are about to come out. Jasmine Guillory, I see you too because you did that as well, but your book just came out. So we're going to let you slide. And so I've been hooked for the last six months. Like looking like when is before I let go coming out when's it coming out when's it coming out so this is gonna be one to to read it looks like it's gonna be a good book I mean everything I've written by her has been golden so I expect nothing less but yes I definitely believe in giving black people their due their flowers while they're still here to smell them especially my black female romance writers because although I wax poetically about this genre romance don't get is due diligence of appreciation, especially Black women romance authors. So this episode, this melanated moment is also dear to my heart. 
Y'all, I wish y'all can see how this huge smile that's on her face when she's talking about this lady and like, honestly, throughout the whole episode. And so I'm loving this because like, you are so correct. Like one, Black authors don't get their shine, but specifically Black female authors who talk about romance don't get their shine like they should. And so kudos to you, Miss Kennedy Ryan. Like we give you all your flowers, all your congratulations, all your awards. If we can give an award to you, we would give you an award because you're awesome. And with that, our affirmation of today is I am always in receiving mode and everything I want and desire is coming to me with ease. What are your thoughts? I just hear Nakai in my ear talking about money coming to me, money coming to me. I attract everything. I don't chase. I attract. Da, 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 da. So yes, the little Nakai in my head had a whole like three minute warm up pep talk based on that affirmation. Yes. I'm so glad I'm in your head. <laughs> and with that, thank y'all for listening to this episode. Again, before we leave, please, please, please comment. To, uh, you can use leave a comment on the website. Tell us about the books you're reading. Tell us what we need to be reading. Tell us some new genres or new authors that we can start to get into um, because we these are our favorites. So we are really wanting to know what y'all are listening to or reading or listening to if you're listening to it on audio. So let us know. And so with that, we thank you. And we want to say that you can follow us on all social media platforms on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, but also listen to this episode on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, um, YouTube. And please check out our blog so you can get all Nate's commentary at whereismyblueprintpod.com. Again, that's where's my blueprintpod.com for the people in the back. It's where's my blueprintpod.com. Okay, with that, we are over and out. Bye.